Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hello and welcome to Prophecy and Scripture Studies. I'm your host, Boreas. Our music is Dream Sequence 3 by Adola. Today we're going to conclude the study on Psalm 1, our sequential study on Psalm 1. We've already looked at verses 1 and 2 in two separate studies. I hope that you might go back and listen to those if you haven't already. Uh, This is going to be a little bit longer in duration because uh, I am... Uh, finishing it up with verses 3 through 6 and concluding this little study. So I hope you'll bear with me. And I'd like to begin with prayer. Father, simply, all I would ask this day, Lord, is that as we come to you, that you'll bless us with that which you would have us come to understand and know. Father, in the world that's growing darker by the day, we ask light, and may that light shine forth through us, and in the name of your Son, we say thank you, and amen. Since we're going to uh, finish this up, I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 1, it's only six verses. Uh, so that we have it all together and uh, when the concluding of the study is done uh, maybe all these things can be weighed in your thoughts Psalm 1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And at this point, I would like to let you know that I have some extensive notes and the actual scripture references on my WordPress blog site. It's prophecyandscripturestudies.wordpress.com forward slash that'll take you right to my blog site there you can look under the category uh, entitled notes you will find there's some very beneficial resources so uh, that's up to you but if you want something in front of you as you listen to this study I think you will uh, multiply your understanding through that we're going to um, begin this study 
by looking at Luke 23, verses 27 through 31. What we have there is at the time that the Lord is being marched up Calvary. And it begins with, And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Yahushua, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Now anyone who keeps up with the news and things like that, I think that you may begin to see that this is the days that he was speaking of here. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. We know that that's talking about the time when the Lord returns. So when we start seeing a time, as I said, I believe it's now, when women who are not bringing forth children are considered the ones who are truly blessed in that they aren't bearing children. That is the precursory time to a time when there will be those who are saying, fall on us to the mountains and cover us to the hills, the time of the Lord's return. But the Lord continues on in verse 31 of Luke 23 and says, For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? Now, to a people who were more, let's say, agriculturally based, but that's not even it. They lived close to the land. They were in tune with the seasons and with the uh, the signs and things of of the natural progression of growth and life cycles of various things. And what he's doing here is he is comparing himself to a green tree. And what he was offering as being that which a green tree would offer as compared to the day of a dry tree. The dry tree is the time of the Antichrist. He is the dry tree. So what we're looking at is a, a comparison between a green tree and a dry tree, which is the green tree being the days of growth and plenty, provision and prosperity. All these things was what he was offering. He was offering growth in the spirit, plenty and by way of, of understanding that which people had not to that day understood. He was offering provision and prosperity through the understanding that God's love and that he offered healing and grace and mercy and eternal life. These are the things that he offered as being that green tree. But they were cutting off that green tree. We know he was cut off in the midst of the week, right? And even today, um, if someone is, is killed... In their youth, there's a term. He, he was cut down in the prime of his life. Cut down as in a tree. You, you see, we still carry those concepts. We just don't recognize them. 
Alright, so we have the green tree, plentifulness, the growth of understanding and the growth and prosperity and provision of, of, of all these things versus the days of want, the drying up of all things which sustain and promote life which is actually the time of the heralding of death's arrival. This is the days of the dry tree. The days of the Antichrist. Now we're going to look at Job 14, 7 through 9. Now I'd like you to keep in mind the continuity of these basic thoughts, these basic uh, terms that we're finding again and again in these things. And, and uh, see how it is that they bring light. Each little bit sheds a little bit more light to what we're, we're looking at. Job 14, 7 through 9. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, Yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. Now, as we were talking about, he was what? He was cut down. He was cut off from life in the midst of the week. But yet, Job tells us, and he was not referring to, to the Messiah. He was speaking, yet the speaking refers to the concept of the Messiah, and for more than that even, for us as well. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again. Do we have that promise that the Lord is indeed going to return? Only this time, even with more of that which he offered in the first period of time he was upon the earth ministering. This time he's coming as the king. Okay. So we have that promise that he will. As that green tree sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. If you do a word search in like Bible Gateway for the word branch. You will find uh, some interesting things. Two of those things is the fact that God calls Yahushua a branch. And he also calls the Antichrist the branch. The branch of the strong ones, I think it is. It's in Isaiah 25, 5. Thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers as the heat in a dry place, even the heat with the shadow of a cloud, the branch of the terrible ones, shall be brought low. Okay, God has his branch, which is Yahushua, the terrible ones, the fallen angels, the, the Nephilim, Satan himself, has himself a branch. That's the Antichrist. But the Antichrist is going to be brought low in his time. But the tender branch, that which God is tending, thereof will not cease. We know that when Yahushua returns, his kingdom will be forever. It will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, the root thereof wax old in the earth, what did he establish when he came 
as the Son of God. He established the Word of God spoken. He established the teachings and the doctrines of God Almighty the Father. He himself said, I didn't come to teach you man's doctrine. I didn't come to teach you my doctrine. I came to teach you the doctrine of the Father. This was the first time that that true word and truth of God, unadulterated by man, had ever been upon the earth since the day of their initial fall of Adam. He brought and established that as a root in the earth because it still is there today. And sadly, it too has suffered. Once again, through the twistings of man and the the altering and the corrupting and the polluting and all those things, the doctrines, the true doctrines of God have been maligned and corrupted and polluted. And it will... It will one day become true again. And that's, that's what we need to do for ourselves. If we can't change the world, we can still search it out for ourselves. Because there still has to be those who are the righteous remnant. Because there's not many who are willing to go strictly to the word of God and search out the truth. I hope you're one of those. I hope that you will see the truth in others. So even though that root waxes old in the earth and the stalk thereof die in the ground, he was cut off. They thought they had indeed killed him and gotten rid of him, but they didn't. He had established something. And that which he established, he's coming back too. And it says, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. The scent of water. The scent travels on the air, on the wind. If you look, uh, again, in a word study, at the concept of winds. Wind equates with spirit. If the scent of water comes to that root, what do you think that is? You're part of that root. Are you getting the scent of water? Is there a moving around you of the Spirit of God that might enliven that root that you're a part of, that you may bring forth too, that you may be part of that green tree? What is water? Water is the fountain of everlasting life. It is the wellspring of truth and God's word. Are you getting the scent of water? I so dearly pray that you are. Search him out. Search God out. So if that root gets the scent of water, it will bud and it will bring forth boughs like a plant. That tender plant. That tender branch. There's a kingdom that's going to be established here again. The root's here. Are you part of that root? Isaiah 53. We're going to look at verses 1, 2, 8, and 10. 
Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is Yahushua. Who is he revealed to? For he shall grow up before him, he being Yahushua. He shall grow up before the Father as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. There we see that again. We just saw where Job said, Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. And God himself shall watch as Yehushua, his son, grows up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of that dry ground. Now, I want you to understand again the concept of continuity, the concept of something continuing on because it all pertains to the same thing. I want to read these two verses to you again. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Everybody says, oh, that means he was homely. No, it doesn't. The scriptures prove that's not what it says. But nobody will study. But everybody will speak. Everybody will teach. No, this is not about his looks. It's about the fact that he came out of dry ground. Ground of the common people. He was working class peasantry, if you want to look at it like that. He was not regal royalty. He didn't grow up in a garden. A well-watered, a well-pruned, a well-tended little patch of ground. He didn't come from that, did he? No. Mary and Joseph actually lived on the wrong side of the tracks. That was their social standing. They were good people. They were truly good people. God entrusted his son to them. But their social status was not the upper echelon, not even middle class. Why do I say that? Well, let's look at real quick Matthew chapter 2, 19 through 23. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So we see that our Messiah was very specifically 
appointed a prophecy that he would one day be called a Nazarene, being from Nazareth. Now, next in John chapter 1, verses 43 through 46, we see this. When the Lord was calling his disciples to him, he found Philip. Next, Philip went to find Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Yahushua of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. So here's Nathanael, one of the soon-to-be disciples, one of the twelve. And his question was first and foremost, What are you talking about? He, he came from Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Like, are you sure you got the right idea about this person? You see what I'm saying? So we see that Yahushua's roots were not exactly of the more well-to-do or the more prominent uh, socialites of the time. He was raised up out of dry ground, the working class people. So this dry ground that Yahushua is coming up in and from, he did not come up in the courts of David. He didn't come up in as Solomon with all his flowing and gorgeous robes. I mean, we even see that, that the flowers of the field are compared to Solomon's regalia. And to look upon Solomon and upon his vast courts was something to take the breath away. But here's Yahushua, born of Mary and Joseph to the best of you know, other people's knowledge. Nothing special about him. To look at him, would you go, oh, there's the king? No. And what did we see? That the people were waiting for the king. They were waiting for someone riding in a fancy gold-plated chariot, wearing the crown of a king encrusted with jewels, flowing robes billowing behind him, with fifty or sixty footmen running ahead announcing his arrival. But no, there was nothing to announce the royalty of this king. There was nothing that was found in the comeliness of the eyes Okay, I'm just tired of people preaching how he was homely. He was in the image of God. Do you believe that he was homely? I don't believe so. All right, enough of that. So, he shall grow up before God as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There's no appreciation of the eye. There's no 
desire to say, there's our king. Let me show you our king. Most never knew him. Verses 8 and 10. So we see he was taken from prison and from judgment. And he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of others. Not for his own. He paid the price for others. And it says, Who? Who shall declare his generation? This is referring to the fact that in um, Israel that everyone had their lineage and in order for that lineage to stay vibrant, I guess you might say, I will just simply say that there was an expectation that all should have a continuation of that lineage, at least declared. And if a man had a wife, and that man died before she bore him a child to carry on his name, then there was what was called the duty of the brother. The man's brother was expected to take her as his wife, and the first child born to her of this union would not be counted as his child, but as the child of the man who was deceased, in order that that child will carry on that concept of his lineage remaining alive. But this is saying who's going to declare his generation. This is another witness to the fact that he was not married and he did not have children. Right there, that's what it's saying. He doesn't have a child to declare his generation. He doesn't have a child to carry on his name. And if he had been married, even if he did not have a child, then his brother would take his wife and raise up a child to him. And this question wouldn't be asked. This question is asked because he had no wife and he had no children. In essence, according to Jewish concept, his generation, his lineage, ceased in the land of the living. Let's skip down to verse 10 of this Isaiah 53. And so, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. It took his death upon the cross, the payment of sin, in order for that seed to be established within humanity. That seed is the, the propagation of the uh, Holy Spirit throughout mankind. Those who will receive it, those who will choose to be the seed of the Messiah through this process, to be the child of Almighty God through the efforts of Yehushua. He shall prolong his days. He's coming back. When that tree root gets the scent of water, it begins to grow again. Okay? And we know that he is coming back. He will bring forth life again to those who are his. And the pleasure of Ayahuwah shall prosper in his hand. The pleasure of 
God the Father will prosper through the works of his Son, through his hand. So, Revelation 2, 7. This is the Lord speaking. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, the tree of life. This is the time when that person, those blessed people that is spoken of in uh, verse 3 of Psalm 1, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Do you see the correlations? The tree of life is going to bring forth its fruit in its season. So will those who are planted by the rivers of water. His leaf also shall not wither. What is the tree of life? What, what correlation? The tree of life. The leaves upon the tree of life is for the healing of the nations. They will not wither either. And whatsoever he that is blessed does shall prosper. In the new kingdom we are called to serve with our heart and with our soul and with our mind, giving all to God. And in the light of our willingness to love and let that love bring forth fruit by way of what we are called to, to serve God in, whatever we do shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so, verse 4 goes on to say, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. They not only are no longer uh, rooted in the earth, because we know that the ungodly are going to have root and branch both destroyed. They're going to be destroyed out of the earth. But being like the chafe, they are nothing but the byproduct of what was once life. And when the wind comes, it will blow the chafe away from that which God is going to put into his storehouse. The precious fruit. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The trees. The children of God. Will stand. And bring forth beautiful fruit. And they will be part. Of the workings of the hand of the Son of God for the healing of the nations. We will be a part of good things that are to come. But the ungodly will not stand in the judgment. And sinners will not be a part of the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Two pathways. 
two choices, two results. Let's see if we have just enough time for Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 and verse 13. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. We looked at doctrines, lying vanities, stumbling blocks, and maketh flesh his arm those that we trust in, and whose heart departs from the Lord. You cannot serve two masters. For he shall be like the heath in the desert. It's a scrub. It's a scrub brush, the heath is. So this heath in the desert shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land and not inhabited. A salt land, nothing can grow where salt has been cast upon the ground like that. Blessed, however, is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Here we see it again. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green. It won't wither. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. We will not have to worry because our fountain of life giving waters will be assured. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Again, a correlation with the tree of life. We are part of that tree's budding. We are part of those living tender plants that will come up in the kingdom. Verse 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel... Israel means those who shall inherit. It's defined as a prince, but what is a prince? A prince is one who hopes to inherit from the king. This is what Israel means. If you hope to inherit something from the king because you're his child, you're part of this spiritual Israel, okay? All that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth. These that are written in the earth are as the brute beasts, not written nor to abide in heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.21 says, The spirit of man go upward, and the spirit of the beast go downward. And you can look in Jude, verses 3, 4, and 10 through 13 for that. The understanding of the brute beast. If man chooses to be nothing but the brute beast, his name is going to be written in the earth, not in heaven. It goes on to say, Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. And so, I've given you a lot in this lesson to think about. As I said, you do not have to believe as I believe. I'm not calling you to do that. I'm calling you to hear the scriptures. I've given you where they are. I've given you my thoughts. And I leave you to the determining of what you believe according to whether or not you will go and ask the Lord to strengthen you in your understanding and whether or not you will continue to move forward even if the cost is the setting aside of lying vanities and the traditions and the doctrines of men.
I would like to ask you just one thing. Please, if you have found these messages edifying, uplifting, encouraging, if you feel that you have grown in your understanding, please consider sharing these things with those you love today. And maybe even with those you may not love exactly, but who may very well need to hear the messages. And so, in doing that, these things become your outreach and your ministry. And what comes of your efforts is the fruit that you bear. So I'm offering these to you to minister to others. And I hope you will do so. For if we are declaring ourselves to be children of the Most High God, then we are also called to bear good fruit, each and every one of us. So I do hope that you will utilize these things to the benefit of yourself and others. My prayer is that you too will be a tree planted by the waters that will bring forth your fruit in your season. And may you grow in all things in Him. And until later, this has been Berea's with Prophecy and Scripture Studies. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.